Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about new music. Part of our, you know, ongoing series of looking at recent releases. This stretch covering from basically May through August for 2022. It's a big gap. A lot of stuff has dropped during that time, but we're just going to pick the stuff we were kind of waiting for, anticipating, maybe shit that... We didn't know it was going to be fire or not fire, you know, just the shit we've liked. Or didn't like. Yep, yep. So as usual, we'll go through some loose genres, starting off this time with hip-hop. Let's kick it off with a big name, Kendrick Lamar, with the album Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. That good old Kung Fu Kenny is back after, what was it, 1730-some days. <laughs> I don't know. He says it on the one of the songs, but... Right. Long awaited. Yeah, I wouldn't say Kendrick is at the Frank level of making fans wait, but he does take his time in putting stuff out. Ain't no one like that man, Frank. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kendrick hit us. That little single he dropped, The Hard Part 5, part of a little series he dropped. He's dropped a couple before with, obviously, Numerical Order, the four, three, whatever. That song was a statement, like, politically, the messages, you know, just going crazy his lyricism the beat the fucking sample with the marvin Gaye, like you can't go wrong like he went crazy if we get into the video that's a whole other topic like the boy goes off that came out a couple of days before the album and i personally think the album didn't disappoint the lyrics are there the topics are there they're all like hard-hitting songs not the album with the best replay value not many songs you would call the bops you already know you know they're meant to be digested differently, and I don't think Kendrick wanted to drop a club banger track list. Even though there's a couple songs out there, the shits with Baby Keem, they go kind of hard. Like, you could play them, they have dope beats, kind of classic Kendrick, and Baby Keem beats, and his influence. So yeah, this album has a little bit of it all. Crazy fucking track with We Cry Together, which I still think is top three in terms of, like, performance, the originality, and how creative they were. Basically him and Taylor Page yelling at each other the whole time. With rhythm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking dope. I still, weirdly enough, like I don't play it all the time, but I listen to it every now and then because there's like a flow to it. It's, it's kind of dark, it's violent, it's, it's a lot of shit, but dope. Yeah, uh, Father Time with Sanfa, fucking incredible track, great feature on that one. And even Auntie Diaries, the message, the almost like a plot twist everything like within the song like it's beautiful storytelling you could picture it kendrick's fucking great at that if there's any cons about it i already kind of said them it's not the most replay worthy album i haven't gone back to listen to it much since it came out but like i said i don't think it's meant to be that and even with that said i'll say it's a like the solid pro for me yeah i would say like there are some tracks i do like I think the first two were my standouts, but overall it didn't really work for me just sonically more than anything. It didn't hit in that way, and I'm not someone who's looking for the bops necessarily or anything like that, but kind of like you said, there's not a whole lot of replay value for me personally. I wouldn't say it's an album that I'm disappointed in because I see what he was going for and I get the intention behind it, but I don't know. I'm kind of now waiting for hopefully him and Keem to do a collab project together. I feel like that would be crazy. But 
Yeah, this one didn't quite do it for me, so I'll probably go like neutral to like con. A lot of people feel that way and can blame you. Yeah, I feel like it also kind of came and went kind of quick for Kendrick album too, where there wasn't a whole lot of discussion around it even. Yeah, I feel like it was a two or three day thing max, which not good nowadays, obviously. But let's move on to the next hip hop album. This one by Danger Mouse and Black Dot called Cheat Codes. Yeah, for people who don't know, Danger Mouse is a producer, worked with artists across a bunch of genres. Black Thought, part of the roots, rapper, artist, etc. So basically, Danger Mouse providing the beats for this and him going over it. Black Thought's nice. Uh, I like them a lot. Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. right? He's like yeah, the he's rapper, part of the roots. Right? the roots. Yeah, great bars, great rapper. Uh, I feel like he's one of the iconic rappers. Like if you talk about rap and you know the O heads and like the people that like know history of rap and shit, he comes up in conversations as like a one of the better lyricists out there. And I could see that. To me, it's more like the style. It's too like hip hop, hip hop, you know. Shout out to Mero and Deces, uh, who used to always say shit like that. It's almost like that taste of the '90s or something like that, which I didn't grow up with, so I don't have the love for it. It doesn't connect with me in that way. The one thing I did like about this album were the the samples, the beats, the instrumentals, all super fucking dope. They have that gritty sound, like super early hip hop. When I was listening, I was like, oh, this ain't bad. I really just like the samples and the 808s, the, the beats, obviously, like, all good, but not one that I'll be listening too much. Like Khan. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's a fine line with that old school hip hop sound where I think sometimes it can feel outdated or just not as interesting, even though I do like some or a bunch of that music from that period. But I think in this case, it works, at least for me. And it feels less of a like stuck in the past type thing and more of a kind of bringing it into the now in not necessarily like making it futuristic or anything, but just it still feels part of the moment in a way. And I think also having people like Rocky and Joey on it help with that too, to just bring in like a new set of voices, I guess. But I liked it personally. I think the features were good overall. I'd probably give it like a light to solid pro. But let's switch over to borderline hip-hop, transferring into pop, and some dance with Drake and his release, Honestly Nevermind, which was kind of an out-of-nowhere drop. And this album, I feel like, got a lot of hate and people just like, oh, it's boring, or being mad at Drake doing dance songs, which is kind of the whole idea of the project. But personally, I really like it for a Drake album. Not saying it's the best dance album of all time or anything, but I do think Drake rides over the beats well. Might be my favorite project of his, at least in a while. And I like that he went that direction personally. So I would pro it. I agree with you in that a lot of people hated this shit. And I don't want to call myself a contrarian, but it's one of those where I was like, yo, literally off the rip, minute three of the album dropping, I was seeing tweets already like, what the fuck is this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, <sighs> crack my knuckles. I guess I'm gonna like this album because, <laughs> like, it's like, all right, like now I gotta like defend the boy Drake. Not even like that. It's one of those where like this can't be that bad. And I listen to it, and I understand. I understand the hate. If you're expecting good old Drake hip hop bars, I'm that hard dude that just had beef with 
push a like you're not getting that this is not what this is this is a separate project outside of that just as a regular fan not as a contrarian or just plain devil's advocate not a bad album funny enough everyone hated it but just on videos instagram reels tiktoks i still see all these songs getting played not all of them just like two or three obviously like the catchy ones it's like people just wanted to hate to hate you know yeah of course i think it's better than like scorpion and the last two or three albums he's dropped honestly i think it's better it's also much shorter in a good way like he's been dropping hour and a half albums and this is like 50 minutes i think it was much more concise and much better for replay value in that way too yeah i'm gonna go light pro i don't listen to it much but again i don't think it's awful like everyone thought it was and then the only way you could go even more dancey is with beyonce's album renaissance once the single i don't even know if it dropped as a single or it leaked but the song break my soul came out it kind of like took the world by storm type shit where i even started seeing like the hate of drake like oh this is what the dance music <laughs> should sound like or like oh the queen is coming to like save dance and i was like right like this is different artists they take <laughs> not bad opposite of drake a lot of people love this album mm -hmm. not my favorite beyonce this is not what i look for in beyonce tracks i'll probably throw two or three songs on rotation from this maybe slightly better than drake's light pro yeah this definitely got way more love than drake's did in terms of comparing these two pop dance albums from artists who aren't usually in those spaces at least for a whole album like this and I do think they're interesting to look at back to back in that way, especially since they were like a month apart. And I like Renaissance. I think my standout in general is Plastic Off the Sofa, which was from the first listen, a track where I was like, oh shit, what's this? Like my ears perked up. I would later learn that Sid also co-produced and co-wrote it, which was like, oh, that just makes total sense. So shout out to Sid. I think Patrick Page from the internet also worked on it too, so that's cool. And I'd probably go like a light pro, maybe. Fair enough. And then to round out the pop category, we got Bad Bunny with the album Un Verano Senti. And I don't know if we've talked about Bad Bunny much on the show before. Could have sworn we did uh, Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana, his last album or second Maybe last we did, album, yeah. But Maybe we would like mentioned it. I don't know if we actually like went in depth, but I feel like he's an artist who has become more and more over time that even if you don't listen to him, he's just always popping up in all these places. So you're constantly aware of him. And then on top of that, I also know people who are really big fans of him as well. And I feel like this album especially catapulted him to an even higher level than he was already at, which was breaking records even before that. And he's coming off selling out a weekend of shows at Yankee Stadium where tickets were reselling for like over a thousand and shit. So he's huge right now. And I do like this album. I feel like it has ton of shit on it. I mean, there's maybe 20 songs or something, but it's a nice mix of kind of the slower or moody tracks, like the collab with the Marias, which I was really excited about because I like them, or tracks like Andrea or... Aguacero or Neverita, but then of course he has tons of bangers too and songs that I feel like I've just heard constantly throughout the summer, like Titi Me Pregunto. 
I feel like this album was just kind of everywhere. I feel like it is the album of the summer in terms of people playing it out in the streets or at functions and shit like that. So I'd probably go with a solid pro. Bad Bunny doesn't fucking disappoint. The dude's low-key been in the radar since like 2017. And in just five years, this dude's literally on like Drake level or more. Yeah. Which is insane to say like as a latin artist you know like super limited drake is drake technically canadian but it's like american music and everyone listens to american music but this dude's literally making like reggaeton and fucking across the world is known selling out like you said all that shit is kind of insane to see in just the short span of four to five years and that's even considering that there was one to two years of covid and shit you know yeah hope he stays on top for a minute because he's also like a dope ass person He's dipping his toes on everything. The dude literally is creating, like, the best-selling albums. Is in a movie with, like, Brad Pitt or something. Mm -hmm. That still throws me off. It's kind of (laughs) weird. But whether you like it or not, he's, like, a fashion icon. Has collabs with, like, Adidas. Has, like, his signature shoes. Does a bunch of dope shit. This album in particular, he takes, like, a lot of influence from, like, Dominican music. And he has done it before with like other tracks from his other albums but this one it was like a big influence like he even went touring and has like dominican flag and like his stage and shit like that even though obviously he's puerto rican and all that but he like loves it he said it in interviews like he takes insane influence like a lot of the beats are essentially not puerto rican beats they're like dominican shit like and Titi Me Preguntó and all that shit takes place in the bronx shout out he goes to Mm -hmm. the home yeah the music is fucking dope just the whole thing is super dope. It's like a bachata playing in the background, all that. He does it well. He's like representing the people. He's like here for the people and all that. So he's always going to have the support. If you're fucking doing shit for your people, you're always going to have the best support. We're all proud of you. With that said, the album, again, doesn't miss. He has a little bit of everything. Personally, not the biggest fan of his slowest shit. What I like is his bangers, straight <laughs> bass bangers, reggaeton. You already know, like go crazy take me back home like make me feel like i'm in dr or new york at a party and he does that shit well and even the moody ones aren't that bad i'm just personally not the biggest fan i get tired of his voice easily so because of that i'm gonna go with a solid pro arguably his best album in my opinion such a dope cover too super fire i'm pretty sure he said also that he recorded half actually in dr as well like half pr half dr i didn't even know that but (laughs) thanks for bringing that up it only, like, you know, cements the truth. Like, he, he's about it. Like, he's not just saying shit to say it. Yeah. Let's move away from that pop. Go a little indie. Still has a little bit of mixed in pop in there, but... Let's move on to Toro y Moi with Mahal. I don't know why it's hard for me to say, but... Yeah, Toro. Probably, like, the third album we've done. Or fourth. I don't even remember. Yeah, we've definitely done several... But yeah, Toro's out here fucking dropping an album probably every year. Switches it up. I don't even know how to describe this or like feels like God. It's more melodic, more... I mean, he always sings, but it's not as dancey. I feel like it almost had like an R&B influence to some of the tracks. Can't go wrong with a light pro. So I think I felt a bit stronger about this one because to me, I think this is his best like front to back album since Anything in Return. Wow. Which is the album that like really made me a fan of his like I was aware of him before then with underneath the pine and stuff but he's dropped a bunch of projects over the years like you said and there's 
usually at least a handful of songs that I like, if not most of them. But I think this project was the most interesting overall and the most cohesive in that way. And everything from some of the even like psychedelic funk type sounds to just his songwriting, I think being really on point on this album and little stuff that ties it together, like the car engine noises and all that. I think it all really comes together and the rollout was great. Like no complaints. I would give this like a solid to bordering even above solid pro. So for this next little batch in the indie alternative group, I'm going to group together some here because I have some similar general opinions on them. So, so first little duo is Biba Doobie with Beethopia and Maggie Rogers with Surrender. Both of these I was looking forward to. I like both of them as artists, but the albums, both ones that I don't listen to them. I'm like, oh, this sucks or anything like they're fine, but just not really for me. And with each, there's also not even one song specifically that I really love. So it's kind of disappointing. I'd probably go with like a like con for each. And then on a flip side with Soccer Mommy with the album Sometimes Always and Beach Bunny with Emotional Creature. I feel like each of these were solid albums overall that still felt like their sound, but also felt like an evolution in a way. And even on Soccer Mommy, she had OPN produce it, who's done like the scores for the Safdie movies and stuff like that. I'd say both of them are still probably like light pros or light to solid pros, but yeah. So to start off with Baby Doobies and Maggie Rogers' album, like you mentioned them together, Doobies' album, sorry, I gotta go short. <laughs> I can kind of agree with you. Hate to use it. I don't even use this word normally, but it's just mid, like straight up. Not a bad sound. Wouldn't even be mad if I saved the whole album. It's one of those like you could play, let it play as background music. I like the vocals on it, which is why I can't really hate on it. Maggie's album, this was a little bit on the disappointing side. I'm a fan of Maggie's, really fucking love her voice, super talented. I get feels with her voice of something similar that I feel with like Lana's, which is like, mm. they have like an old timey type, almost like a voice you would hear a couple generations ago, a couple decades ago in a dope way. I guess where I switch my opinion from yours a little bit is that I think her vocal performances are still here. I'm just not a fan of like the instrumental or I'm, I don't know much about this, but like the mixing of it, the sound of it, I, I was kind of thrown off. It seems a little loud for how gentle her voice is, at least in my opinion and what I like to hear from her and her past projects. Yeah. Like there's no say it on this album, which is, I think her best song. Yeah, there isn't. It's weird. Like she has dope vocal parts, like where it sounds great, but like the song as a whole doesn't click for me. Like I'm neutral. I don't want to go con. I'll just leave it neutral. Baby Doobies, same neutral. Maybe maybe a light pro because it's not bad. I don't want to hate on it. And then the next bundle you did, Beach Bunny and Soccer Mommy. And Soccer Mommy, I feel a lot better with. Uh, obviously, we talked about her before, but this is like a little bit of an improvement. It is. It's felt like a little bit of growth. I really like the song Shotgun in it. It was one of those that like stood out for me. And yeah, I go with like a light pro on this one and Beach Bunny, straight garbage. I <laughs> actually like didn't really like it much. It gave me 
almost like the the feel of like the bad like american poppy music from like the early 2000s or something like it play after a my chemical romance like song on like mtv2 or something not in a bad way it's just not my style i could see the album is kind of like cohesive and it flows together so whoever's a fan probably enjoys it but we should keep that music alive i don't because for a minute it felt like a lot of music from like that era stopped being made even the rock ones and stuff like that let's keep it it's just not for me but i like <laughs> that it's happening so i, I just wanted to say that i'm yeah, hating like lightly i'm a light <laughs> hater yeah i'd go with a solid con on that one for me and to close off this genre we're gonna finish off with domi and jd beck with not tight this was new to me pretty dope i'm assuming they're like producers they make instrumentals yeah they're almost like a bad bad not good kind of setup yeah yeah, of like yeah a exactly new age jazz fusion type sound yeah like that new age jazz which is super fucking dope and you hear that sound it has that jazziness that like freestyle that you can get from a jazz where like maybe it's not freestyle that's just how it comes off to me where like instruments are going crazy and like going on riffs and here like yo let the fucking i don't know the bass player go crazy mm-hmm. or the piano whatever it is but it's dope in that way i really like it shout out having thundercat in this anything with thundercat i'm in a lot of great features and i mean it's put out on anderson pox new label too you already know for me this is a pleasant surprise easy pro yeah i really like their sound in general and their approach been seeing their videos on youtube throughout the years solomon had put me on mutual friend of the show and people were kind of waiting for them to drop like an official project and they took their time and i think it paid off because it feels like a really impressive debut and there might be a lot going on in it but that's almost like part of their style in a way too where like you said it can kind of go on these different tangents and riffs so a lot of great sounds very unique tones and textures that you're not going to hear on other stuff and i think it's a really cool modern or new spin on like a jazz adjacent sound fused with all these other types of genres and i think we're seeing in these new quote-unquote jazzy acts how much genre bending there is and how much kind of influences all come into this pool so i'm definitely excited to see them keep growing too and they're super young like jd is i think not even 20 yet so that's fucking wild so i give it like a light to solid pro probably maybe a solid last but not least let's move over to r&b and this category i mean is filled with ones that we were highly anticipating i guess first we can kick it off with Giveon with the album give or take i feel like we've sung his praises very loudly in the past <laughs> on the show and just talked about how dope his voice is and how unique it is and has almost like a frank sinatra timelessness to it in a way so with him dropping an album you know figured how bad can it be with his voice and then i heard it and i was like mm, i don't know about this <laughs> and i don't know what exactly it is if he was trying to go almost like i don't want to say commercial because it's not like he's making obscenely pop music or anything but it feels like he's trying to appeal to more people and something has just been lost between these initial projects and this album and I literally only saved one song, which is the first song, which I do kind of like. But 
I don't know. I was super disappointed overall. Like, might have to even go solid con on this one. Oof. Sing it, man. Let him hear you. <laughs> yeah, Giveon has the potential to be, like, that dude in R&B. And, I mean, someone else is taking charge of that. This dude completely missed with this one. I can agree. One, a little bit too long for me. I'm used to the small EPs that were fucking solid, one through five, or however many songs. On this one... I think there's more than two or three good songs. There's a few that I enjoy. Get You, Trying to Be, I think December 11th maybe, are solid to me. Like, I'll, I'll bump them. But it also has, I think, the worst Giveon song of all time, which is For Tonight, <laughs> which I think was also the single he dropped. When I saw him drop this, like, months ago, before the album came out, I was like, what the fuck is going on? This better not make the album. Sounds like church music. No offense to my churchgoers. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for toxic giving. <laughs> and bro, it was, it's bad. It's like, it is that. It's almost like he wants radio play. He wants this to be played not just on the like black R&B, but he maybe wants it to be played on Z100 or whatever the fuck. That boy needs some guidance. Hopefully this isn't the route he's taking. Although this was a miss, I still have hope for him. But I'll, I'll easily go with the Live Pro on this one. Next up, let's go with Kalani blue water road i'm still somewhat unsure about this one one of my favorite artists hands down easily one of my favorite r&b artists like anytime she drops anything i'm there for it really enjoyed her last album took me a little bit uh to like really grasp it and enjoy the whole thing as a whole project but now it's one of my favorite if anything my favorite kalani album but this one i thought was gonna have somewhat of a similar feel or at least in how I took it in, and it hasn't been like that. I haven't gone back to listen to it much. There are really good songs that I enjoy. I think it has a great intro with my little story. Really like the track with Sid, Get Me Started. Not the best, but I, I still enjoyed it. Really like the song Melt, lyricism, and like the, the meaning behind it is very like poetic. I really liked it. Tangerine is good. Uh, Everything is probably the track, like that heartfelt track that I really like. Uh, so she has that. But the entire thing, I wouldn't say they're all great tracks. Because of that, I'd give it a light, light pro. Yeah, Kalani is someone for me who, over the years, I'd have like songs here and there that I like. Distraction is still probably my favorite song. But it's usually just a few on each. And on this one, it kind of was that, but with a little bit more than usual... The standouts for me are definitely like Wish I Never, that beat and flip is insane. Shooter Interlude is super dope. The song with Thundercat has some really cool moments. So I think it's a solid project from her overall, at least for what I was expecting. It was even more than I was anticipating to like it. I'd probably go with like a very light pro, I guess. Next up, let's go to Brent Fayez with the album Wasteland. Which also is another one where I feel like both of us were like, yo, this is going to be crazy. I know his last album was one of your favorites of that year that it dropped. I think that was maybe 2020. I don't know. But this album was weird because it almost felt like a debut album situation, even though it wasn't. Because it has so many previously released tracks. It has so many skits. It just like overall feels super cluttered and not kind of honed in like I wish it would be. 
but I think more than anything is just we'd heard so many of these before that it kind of ruined it. I'm someone who tries to avoid singles and stuff, but when you don't even know a year plus in advance that a song's going to be on the album, then it's like you <laughs> yeah. can't necessarily tell. And even some of the tracks were ones he dropped like low-key as what seemed to be Lucy's, and then they go on the album and it's like, oh yeah, I already know this song. There's still some parts of the new songs that I do like, but I haven't even gone back to them too much. And I think it was just because overall it just felt like kind of a, a miss on his end. I'd probably go with like a light con, maybe even. Brent, one of my favorite artists as well. Anytime I hear he's dropping anything, I'm super excited. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, bro, kind of fucked this one up. Literally like three to four tracks that we, I personally was kind of tired of listening to already because I've had them for months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I should have started off by saying, yo, Brent, relax, my brother. Chill out with the toxic shit, like literally putting up billboards like, oh, you're going to hate me after this one <laughs> or when you hear this one. I was like, what the fuck? What kind of like marketing is this? <laughs> Obviously, I think it's because of the skits, which I personally think he did awful in acting. It sounded corny. It's, it's like make a dope song that's toxic. Be future, you know? He doesn't doesn't put billboards saying like, ha ha, 48 baby mamas. Right. Like he, he doesn't do that. It's almost like that thing, like uh, nicknames are given. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. just pick your nickname. He's almost like picking to be a toxic dude. He's not being it, even right. though he might be. But that's just how it looked to me. And stop that. That shit is kind of corny. With that said, there's fucking great songs here. Again, we're just fucking tired of listening to him. And I was really glad even seeing uh, Price of Fame, one of my favorite Brent songs, like top three. And it seemed like it was a Lucy that was only on SoundCloud and YouTube. Somehow it made it to your fucking album a yeah. year and a half later. It's just weird shit like that. There are some good new tracks, like Jackie Brown, I think is fucking amazing. Well, especially the first half of that is insane. Even just how it enters with like the sounds, some some crazy shit. There's really bad songs too. There's like the Alicia Keys feature. Should have been fucking fire. Awful. Like, why is she rapping? She should be playing piano at least. Give us something we want. This is not good. Angel. I don't know. This is just songs that threw me off. I didn't like them. Best songs seem to be the songs we've heard before, and sad to say, but he, like, missed with this one. Like Khan. Next up, we got Raven Linnae with the album Hypnos. She had put out an EP called Crush in, I think it was 2018, that Steve Lacey had produced all the tracks on. I remember both of us bumping it heavy at the time, and this was for sure, like, one of my most anticipated in general over the past few years, like, ever since that to hear a full-length project from her and unlike some of these others she did not disappoint somehow went above my expectations like crush was great and i still think it holds up really well and not that this is necessarily better per se but just kind of the range of sounds and notes she hits and like everything is just insane i feel like she has such a angelic voice in general that soft kind of sweetness but it's very rich too and the first half of this album especially is insane just incredible track after incredible track steve is even back on here too and just so many favorite tracks from deep in the world especially the second half to lullaby to skin tight to where i'm from venom am i like there's so many to name and i feel like she just bodied this album I go with a heavy pro. 
Raven went fucking stupid with this one. The only thing that I would disagree with you is that I'm not the biggest fan of like the first three or four tracks. When I start playing this album, I literally start at skin tight. And man, does that shit go crazy from there <laughs> on. Literally, like no skips. Insane range from like more fun, lighter songs to the deep ones, the moody ones. Can't go fucking wrong. Vocal range, everything, the beats, the instrumentals, fire. Did not disappoint at all. Easy, solid pro for me. And since we were just mentioning Steve, who did his thing on Raven's album, he also dropped his own album, and you already know we were anticipating this being fire. Steve Lacey with Gemini Rights. Probably said this three or four times already this episode, but one of my favorite artists, for sure, artists overall, in terms of voice, producing, his sound is insane. Becoming like a staple and has a sound that is borderline recognizable, a la, you know, Tyler and Pharrell and shit like that, where when you hear them strings and you hear that that melody and all that shit, you kind of know, oh, Steve Lacey put his big toe on this one. <laughs> I mean, this is it right here, the album I've been waiting for from Steve. Can't stop listening to it. He's still having fun with the lyrics. They're not the deepest. Steve being Steve. Literally, all the songs, Static, Helmet, Mercury, Fire. The one song I probably don't listen to much is Give You The World, which is the last one. And the Together interlude still hasn't grown on me much, but it's an interlude, so I don't mind that it's literally 50 seconds. But everything else is like, Steve, you went crazy on this one. Bad Habit, I mean, <laughs> the TikTok song, you know, going crazy. Everyone knows it. My little sister knows it. My parents know it. Everyone sings it at work. It's that song. <laughs> it is the more catchy single poppy radio play type of song which makes sense but i think it's his first like number one hit too yeah i wouldn't be surprised it's, it's like that it's one of those catchy tunes and fucking killed it solid pro for me i mean i still can't believe that you don't like give you the world because i feel like that's one of the best songs on the project even though it's amazing front to back but i'm curious like if that'll grow on you over time i don't hate the song but it's one of those for Sometimes I play it even in shuffle, and if that comes on, I'm like, I, I want to hear whatever is next a little <laughs> bit better, and I'm like, I'll do that. Gotcha. But don't get me wrong, not bad at all. Bad Habit was also one where I remember us talking about that as one of the standouts initially when we had listened to it, and I know you've also brought up Sunshine to me, which was like one of the singles released just before that I didn't hear until the actual album because I was trying to wait, but once I did, I was like, damn, like this song breaks down to different beat switches like three different times the second half and like all the switches it does towards the end there are just some of the best musical moments of the year i think and the album overall i feel like this is what at least speaking for me like this is what i wanted apollo what was it 19 or 21, 21 or 19 some shit like that yeah this is what i wanted that album to be and there's also a lot of moments on this that feel like the dark red ep which was what we were really into yeah. when that dropped and so this feels like ah uh, yes finally steve is like hitting those kind of moments that we were waiting for in a full album and so i i don't really have too many complaints his voice is insane his production is insane i'm glad he's getting recognition because it's well deserved i think i'd give his a heavy pro as well yeah, I think I said solid pro, but I, I think I should have gone a little higher. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go solid to major pro. 
And then before we wrap, just a quick shout out to the deluxe versions of Omar Apollo's album that dropped, which we got the full version of Endlessly Fire. that had the interlude before, Archetype, which is insane, Saved All My Love. And then we also got the Control Deluxe from SZA after Mad Long, but I think it was like an anniversary. And the Tyler produced track on that is insane. Like, Just shout out to both of those as well real quick. Hell yeah. So yeah, that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. And I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. Go listen to that Raven and that Steve album.